This episode is brought to you by Brothers and Bonds Co. With an expertly curated line of Masonic apparel, gifts, and accessories, we're excited to show you what makes us uniquely Brothers and Bonds. As a listener of this podcast, we're offering you 10% off your first order with us. Just use code F3K at checkout. That's all uppercase, F as in Foxtrot, the number three, and K as in Kilo. Be sure to find us on Instagram or at brothersandbonds.com. On today's episode, we're discussing esoteric meaning in Freemasonry. You're listening to The First Three Knocks, a Masonic podcast in the District of York, where we discuss topics for the betterment of Masonry. The opinions discussed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not represent the views of Grand Lodge or any other Masonic body. Now, here are your hosts. Good evening, brethren. Good evening. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Back in uh, Aurora Temple. Good to uh, see you guys in person. Yes, yes. It's a cold one here too tonight. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's certainly turning into winter here in Canada, isn't it? It is. I am Worshipful Brother Bertelli, the past master of the Rising Sun Lodge here in Aurora, Ontario. Uh, your co-host, Brother Gino Scovio, a current junior warden of the Rising Sun Lodge also here in Aurora, Ontario. And Brother Steve Sprott of Zaradatha Masonic Lodge, number 220 in beautiful and historic Uxbridge, Ontario. What a plug. And we have a very special guest here this evening, a very worshipful brother, Robert Lund. He is from Kilwinning Lodge, number 565. Uh, he is the assistant grand chaplain, uh, past master and secretary of that lodge in Toronto, Ontario. He's been a Mason since 2005 and has served as chairman, co-chairman of the Toronto West District Education Committee for a number of years. He's written numerous articles and published a number of books. Uh, in fact, as best as I can tell, it looks like he had five books that he's actually written. So he's uh, an established author and uh, authoritarian, I would say, on uh, esoteric meaning and Freemasonry. Um, he's presented many lectures on this topic in uh, multiple districts. And um, he is also a member of the SRIA, which is a Masonic Rosicrucian Order and member of the Ancient Mystical Order of the Rose Cross, and was president of the Toronto York Lodge of Theo... Uh, see if I can pronounce this properly. Theosophical Society. Did I do that right? Very worshipful, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome to the show. We're Welcome. proud to have you on. Thank you. It's nice to be here, and it's an honor to be invited. Well, I, I was telling the guys here that uh, I had the very good fortune of seeing your presentation on the esoteric meaning of the third degree a couple weeks ago, which was put on by the uh, Toronto West and East Districts, and uh, I was absolutely blown away, so I was really, uh, really curious. I had to reach out to you and see if we could uh, have you come on the show and, and share your knowledge and perspective with uh, our audience. I'll try my best to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Maybe uh, just jumping into Freemasonry a little bit. Um, I know you've been a member of, of uh, uh, Freemasonry since 2005, but how did you get involved in Freemasonry? What, uh, what sort of sparked you? It's funny, actually. Um, 
when I was young, uh, in, in my 20s, my, my dad had a lot of Masonic friends. He wasn't a Mason himself. Uh, and it's something I'd always been vaguely interested in. Uh, I can't say why I was at the time. It was just something of interest. Um, and, and I always knew I'd become a Mason. But I never did anything about it for years and years and years. And it was only when I, uh, after I emigrated to Canada and been here for a few years, that uh, uh, an opportunity came along and somebody suggested I join, and that's what I did. Well, was that through so, a, through a friend then, like the uh, friend to friend thing? Well, it, it has to do with uh, with pipe bands actually. <laughs> I, I was in the pipe band for, uh, community, uh, played for a number of bands. And, uh, and a number of the players uh, uh, of the band I was in and a few others were Masons. And uh, at the time, um, I, was, uh, I was looking to expand my horizons and they suggested I join and that's what I did. Wow. So it took me uh, what, 30 years before I decided to actually <laughs> join. Maybe say, a bit more. I'm not counting that. They say timing um, is perfect when you join, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that, that's that's how I joined. And it's interesting. On the night of my initiation, I uh, I saw so many people there that I knew, especially from the pipe band fraternity, that I didn't even know were Masons. Wow. So it was a, a huge, huge surprise of my initiation night. Pleasant too. Well, that must have given you a lot of fuel to uh, to keep coming back to uh, have these conversations with fellow Masons. Well, again, that's an interesting story because, uh, you know, I became a Mason. I, uh, I was passed to the second degree and uh, raised to the third degree. And, uh, and at that stage, I was finding I wasn't getting anything out of the Masonry. I wasn't getting what I expected. And, uh, and I was seriously considering leaving. You know, I asked myself, what am I doing here? You know, I'm not getting anything out of this. And uh, <clears throat> a friend of mine then, who, who was a member, sort of got me more involved in some of the larger working. So, so that kept me for a while. But still, I wasn't getting the kind of uh, satisfaction that, that I was expecting from a group like mm-hmm. this. You know. I, Maybe it was just because of my expectations. Uh, you know, I was thinking Mason was more mystical than anything else. And, and I was not seeing any of that. And, and seriously, still considering leaving. It was only after uh, I'd read a couple of books. Uh, the first one was uh, <clears throat> The Last Keys of Freemasonry by uh, Manly P. Hall. And then later on, um, I was reading some, some book by Robert Lomax, and, and I'd read a few of these before, but this one in particular uh, was, was a change to what he normally wrote. So his, his books were very historical and researched and so on, but this was something called, I think it was called this, uh, The Secret Science of Freemasonry. Uh, and in there he mentioned uh, a Masonic author, uh, a late one, he had passed some, some time ago, by the name of uh, W. L. Wilmshurst, and, uh, and and I picked up a book by Wilmshurst called "The Meaning of Masonry," and the second one called "Masonic Initiation." And suddenly, 
a light switch went on for me. Mm. Like this was a revelation because Wilmser showed me what masonry was really all about. And uh, I mean, not everybody will agree with that, but <clears throat> uh, it, it certainly showed me and, uh, and started me on my path to doing some research into the deeper meanings behind the, the ritual. In order to do that, and, and again, because of Wilmser's, I mean, he had mentioned in his books, uh, Rosicrucianism and Theosophy, and, and I joined uh, the Theosophical Society after that, also joined the, uh, the ancient mystical order of the Rose Cross. And, uh, and they're both what you may call um, mystical schools or mystery schools. They teach the ancient wisdom or the ancient mystery or the, the secret doctrine. It's called many things. And it, it's really uh, knowledge and truth that's been handed down over thousands of years, literally thousands of years. So it's knowledge everybody should have. <clears throat> Not everybody does. Um, yeah, so once, once I started studying with these two schools uh, and learning what they, they had to say, I was able to look back at our Masonic rituals and start recognizing key words and phrases and, and actions and symbols uh, that related to these mystery school teachings. And, and that's really what got me started. And, uh, and, and as I learned, you called me authoritative, and, and I think that's probably an overstatement. <laughs> I, I still think of myself as a scholar more than anything else, or a researcher, or a, a person in search of the truth. Um, but I started writing articles for everything that, that I learned in these mystery schools and could, could relate back to, to Masonic ritual and symbolism. Uh, so I wrote articles for a large newsletter. Some they made their way into some of the Grand Lodge publications and, and so on. Uh, and then I started doing some lectures on the subject. Uh, so as, as I got more and more information together, I was able to put put together some uh, some presentations. You know, starting with 15, 20 minutes, and then eventually winding up with uh, with hour long lectures. <clears throat> And, uh, and that's, that brought me to a state where I thought, you know, I've got all this stuff. I'm trying to share it. Yeah, I, I've made it my mission in life. And this may sound a little corny, but it, <laughs> it, it's true. My mission in life is to spread light. You know, it's a Masonic thing. Mm -hmm. And um, you may ask what that means. And we can talk about that later if necessary. But I made my mission to spread light. And uh, just writing articles for for a lodge and, and for the district uh, to me wasn't enough, so that prompted me to put together a book. And the first book I wrote, um, it actually came easy. It wasn't it wasn't a huge labor at all. I, I looked at all the articles that I'd written over years and decided there was enough material there to put into a book. Brilliant. So, you know, I just put it together, uh, put it in, in a, a meaningful sequence and, and published it as a book. And uh, to me, that was an, a, a way of getting the message out to a larger audience, if possible. Which, which, and, uh, which book was your, your first book that you published? It's just called The Hidden Code in Freemasonry. The Hidden Code. Yeah. 
And, and the idea was just to, to get Masons especially, and, and not Masons could read it as well, uh, although it does contain information on all the degrees, but no secrets. Um, it, uh, it was really, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought there now. Um, yeah, so the hidden code in Freemasonry was really about trying to to get information out there about, or, or trying to get Masons to look behind the veil, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, to, to try and look deeper themselves into the ritual and try and figure out what they mean. Now, I know a lot of people don't have time for this kind of thing anymore. You know, it's, it's very difficult to research and have time. You know, if you're a, a soccer parent or something like that, your, your days are full and, uh, and, and your nights probably too. So my idea was to provide enough information to, to give them some knowledge and, and maybe to um, tempt them, if you like, to, to look more on their own. Because this journey and, and the whole point behind it for me and for everybody um, requires that you do it yourself. You know, you, you, you can't be fed this stuff. Everything that, 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 uh, that is meant to be learned on this path, um, you can only do yourself. So, um, and, and talking about that, it, it, it's, all about, uh, it's all about being spiritual more than anything else. Oh, and then there's a sixth book, which you, you haven't probably seen, uh, that I wrote. It's called uh, A Simple Way to a Spiritual Path. And it's not Masonic at all. It, it was really just uh, uh, something that I added because all of my books point to getting onto a spiritual path. And a lot of people actually don't know what that means. You know? and, and how do you do that? How do you get onto a spiritual path? How do you become spiritual? So I wrote that little book. It's, uh, it's small. It's, uh, it's very readable, and, and you can read it probably in an hour or two. And what's interesting about that book is it contains one chapter of two pages that gives you the secret to happiness. So oh. there's an incentive to anybody <laughs> to have a look at that book. An easy call to action, for Two sure. pages, and that's it? <laughs> the secret amazing. to happiness in two pages. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure it's a big secret because it is on Amazon. <laughs> exactly. We did we did find it there. I'm I'm kind of curious, uh, very wishful, sir. You had mentioned reading W. L. Wilmhurst. I think it was the meaning of Freemasonry. That sparked you. Can you talk a little bit about that moment? What like what occurred for you to be so interested in in this topic? Right, so it it uh, it made me realize that to understand the deeper meaning of masonry, you had to look outside of the craft. And so I had to become a theosophist. I had to become a Rosicrucian, and you know, join another few little orders here and there, uh, not big ones, but all doing the same thing. So teaching the ancient wisdom, and and at the risk of scaring off some people. <clears throat> It, uh, it teaches you a little bit more about the, the real world and 
maybe I could explain it in the terms of an analogy, uh, like say the, the matrix, you know, <laughs> you have this perceived world and the actual real world. Well, the real world is not what we see all the time. There's a large, uh, <clears throat> there's a large, uh, what could I say, in, invisible world that that's there that we live in, and most people are not even aware of. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you need to understand that to understand the universe and the way it works. Um, so I don't know if I, I've uh, strayed from your question now or not. No, that's that's but, wonderful. But, I, I'm really just trying to help our audience understand, um, really, for those folks who either are Masons or who are not Masons, um, what esoteric meaning is. You know, I think it's it's really fascinating that you found this spark and began this journey uh, by researching and 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 learning. Uh, what would you say to those who are are not in the know who want to learn more about the spiritual path? How do you how do you start? Yeah, so how large uh, for the past few years we we have an open day uh, once a year, and uh, and several of us give little talks, you know, a few minutes, and, and the one I always present is called uh, the secrets to Freemasonry are within. And uh, it's trying to get people to realize that um, Masonry is all about what's inside of you. So it, it's, uh, it's, it's where your spirit lives, basically, your, your true self. And you have to get in touch with that in order to, to, to become a spiritual person, in order to become conscious, if you like. Um, so I'm not sure if I, if I answered that. No, that's, that's helpful. I think so, yeah. That's helpful. Uh, having been around uh, Freemasons for quite a while, uh, what, what do you see in other Masons? Uh, you know, if you had encouragement for other Freemasons to, to get on that spiritual path, how would, how would you encourage them to do so? Yeah, well, not everybody's going to, be interested in that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, if you have, um, I don't know, if you have it in you, you you'll go along that path. Right? Something, uh, maybe a, a lecture of mine or, or or a book or an article I read somewhere, not necessarily by me but by someone else, because there are a lot of Masonic authors and and, and uh, well known ones over the last century who've published books uh, giving the same ideas as I have. So it's, it's nothing new. It, it's been there. And if, if somebody is, uh, is inclined to, they will look and they will find. <clears throat> uh, and some of them will go down the spiritual path. Some of them may not. Some of them may need some help. And that's, that's where I try to come. You know, how, do, how do you get there? When you joined Masonry, was this um, a void of yours? Like, I, I know when we've had other guests and we've even talked about it before, I think that was something that kind of intrigued us of Masonry is a spiritual piece that was missing. Um, so was that something also that like was intriguing to you? I mean, you had all that, uh, your dad's friends around that were Masons and whatnot, but was like, that something that was a void in your life at that time that was calling you, that helped you get there? And 
absolutely. Um, you know, I've never really been a religious person. Uh, well, not since my teens, anyway. Um, and and uh, I wasn't really interested in any of the formal religions that were around for various reasons. And, and yes, there was this big spiritual void, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's why I was disappointed in the beginning with Freemasonry because I didn't find that there. Yeah, I had to find it myself. You know, and and that's the challenge to most Masons. What's interesting is uh, I wrote another paper called, um, or it's really about why Freemasonry needs esoteric education. But one of the practical things that happened in our district is we did a survey about uh, fifty newer Masons, and what's interesting is. 99% of them are joining Masonry because they want that something in their lives. Mm-hmm. The, the, there's something missing and they want to fulfill that somehow. And they're looking for something esoteric and they're looking for instruction. And, and hopefully we can provide that. I, I try to. Um, the, the Grand Masters are aware of that and, and, and he knows that it's a that it's something that's required too, you know, and uh, his, his mission um, around uh, ritual education and mentoring sort of incorporates uh, that kind of thing. He's hoping to encourage that kind of thing more as well. Yeah, absolutely. That was definitely one of the messages I, I certainly have taken from this particular grandmaster is, more education, not just the, you know, everyday month ritual that we keep putting on. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you said it earlier, often many, <clears throat> many lodges just get into the ritual um, for, you know, their candidates and their applicants and whatnot. And they, they miss that piece of education side that really needs to be struck just as hard as the ritual side. Because it's yeah. not just, you know, we, we go through that, that, that play, if you will, over and over again, and it looks great and it feels great, but it starts to make you feel voided again, right? You have that piece that you're looking for and it's got to be more than this. And so, yeah. you know, again, I think actually what you've done is encourage other Masons as well to not just sit there and be idle and, uh, you know, keep busy hands. Um, if there's something that I think you're missing, create it, find it, research it, look yeah. into it. I mean, Masonry opens doors to so many opportunities of learning. And, and like you said, uh, very wishful, uh, Brother Lynn, uh, it, it's inside you and only you can do those things, right? That's so right. I think that's great yeah, that you've yeah. done that. I don't want to sound like like what I'm doing is is trying to be superior to some masons no, because, I mean, masonic ritual in itself is is a wonderful thing. You know, if you, if you think in terms of of moral instruction and so on, uh, and, and charity and, and and all those things, teaching those fundamental values, it's it's wonderful. Uh, but to me, it's kind of pointless if you're going over those things over and over and over again. Sure, you're already moral. You know, how much more do you need to to do? Um, and you're going over the, the same rituals over and over and over. That really get anything, getting anything out of it. And hopefully, my lectures, my books, and, and articles will will start to make Masons think a little bit more. You know, get them to ask themselves, what does what does this actually mean? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's, that's the only way to do it is you have to 
you have to ask yourself, what does this truly mean? If you look at its ritual, I mean, even the, the basic definition of masonry, which is, uh, um, you know, the, the, the question, the answer to the question, what is Freemasonry? Right? It's, uh, it's a wonderful system of morality veiled in allegory and illustrated by symbols. So that actually tells you that there's something hidden. You should be looking, right? So veiled in allegory, veiled means it's covered up. Yep. You, you need to look behind it, you know? Uh, and, and an allegory, an allegory is a story with a deeper meaning. So again, it's telling you there's something there. And, and a symbol is usually something that represents something else. So again, those three things are telling you to look deeper. There's more to it than what you're doing. And that's my job, is to try and make, make people see that. How did you know when that was your journey? Like, again, you, mm. you join Masonry, you come in, <clears throat> you sense, it sense like you've enjoyed what you've gone through, but there's a little disappointment in that it wasn't everything you expected. When, I mean, you read a book and the light turned on, was it that moment that you said, this is the path, or you kind of knew that beforehand? How, how, take us through that a, a little bit, if you will. Yeah, I think, uh, I think deep inside, I've always known that that would be my path. You know, I, I, I said that uh, I, was, I was in my late teens when I knew I'd become a Mason, but I was in my early teens when I knew I'd become a Rosicrucian too. Um, so it's something that's always been in me. You know, I, I'd always been, even as a, as a scholar, a, 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 a high school student, I was interested in, in deeper things, you know, in esoteric things. Um, you know, I'll use the word occult, but that, that's a word that scares people yeah. off. It, it shouldn't, it shouldn't, yeah. because the word occult really means uh, hidden, you know, and, and it's the same meaning as esoteric. The, the two words are synonymous. So people shouldn't be put off when they hear the term occult. Mm -hmm. I'd always been interested in that kind of thing as, as, a, as, a, as a teenager. And, and so I knew that at some stage in my life, I would do something about that. But, uh, uh, you know, you, you get married, you have kids, and, and some of those things. <laughs> get busy living. Disappear. Lots of hurdles along and, the way. Yeah. Uh. So it, it, yeah. <laughs> it was late in my life when, when I decided to actually do something about it. And that, I'm glad I did. That's fascinating. You mentioned... <laughs> the uh, Rosicrucian or the Rose Cross early in your career. Um, for, for those who don't know what the Rose Cross is or Rosicrucians, can, can you give us uh, just an overview of that, that uh, teaching? Sure. Um, so there are various Rosicrucian orders. Uh, you, you said in the beginning I was a member of the SRIA, but I, I'm a past member of that. Uh, the SRIA is, uh, stands for the Societas Rosicruciana in Anglia, which basically means the Rosicrucian Society of England, <clears throat> and, and we have chapters here. Uh, you have to be a master mason to join that particular organization. So it's essentially a Masonic Rosicrucian group, and they have esoteric degrees, you know, um, uh, very much like our, uh, our craft degrees, but, but a much more esoteric uh, mystery school teaching type of degrees. Uh, interesting uh, uh, 
spiritual lessons and and things you know um they teach things well they don't actually teach them and i'll explain what i mean now yeah, the SRA are, are very cryptic degrees, like in Mason. You have to go and figure, you have to go and figure it out for yourself. But the, it does point you towards the more esoteric stuff, you know, like Kabbalah and alchemy and so on. Now, the other Rosicrucian order that I belong to currently, the ancient mystical order of the Rose Cross, uh, has been around for probably about 150 years, and there are many other. Rosicrucian orders, and they all, all teach something similar. And really, this is, as I mentioned earlier, the, the ancient mysteries. So, knowledge passed down over the millennia, and, and I mean thousands of years. Right? It's, it's the true nature of mankind. So, how you're actually made up, you're, you're a physical an energy being, but uh, you're made up of, of different levels, if you like. And, and the universe is also made up of different levels. And, and you learn your place, your, your, your uh, physical or your energy place, how it fits in that universe energy place. Um, you know, so, so you learn things mystical. You, you learn to, uh, to meditate, for example. Uh, meditation, again, is something that most people have a completely wrong idea about, you know, people think you, you meditate just to find some serenity and calm yourself. And, well, it's, it's much, much more than that. Uh, the aim of meditation is to look within yourself. Uh, as these mystery schools teach, the way you communicate to the universe is within yourself. <clears throat> but it's a part of you that's not normally awake. So you have to awaken it before you can communicate it, uh, communicate with it, and before you can communicate with the universe or the creator in a sense. Sounds weird, I know, but that's, Sounds that's deep. the way it is. Well, no, it's, it, it, I mean, that's why we're so excited to have you come on yeah. and discuss this topic because one, we certainly couldn't uh, give it its just due. Um, but having heard your, your previous presentation and knowing sort of your background, you'd be in the best position to help us better understand this very important topic that I think is, quite frankly, very overlooked within Freemasonry for many reasons. You know, it's, it's maybe less practical and, and probably harder would be my, my best guess as to why it would be overlooked because it requires work and effort and, and all those things that, that, that keep us away from it. So... We very much appreciate you sharing um, some of this insight because I know we have been asked on our show often for insight on esoteric meaning. And uh, quite frankly, we've been stumped. Yeah. I think we've had one guest that had a little bit of a mystical really? school background. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think, you know, it's very helpful for certainly the audience to, to begin to understand these topics in a more meaningful way. And and if you have some recommendations on on places to go, such as your books or or the the Rose Cross or other other chapters, I mean, we'd love to share that with the audience. Mm -hmm. Sure, do that in a minute. But I just want to touch on something you said. Uh, it, it's difficult for some people because they have to do the work, you know. And our ritual tells you that, you know, in, in the working tools, 
there's a passage about um, the, the head made device and the heart, con- the heart made is a device or head can conceive in vain if the hand be not prompt to execute the design. So what it's really telling you, it doesn't matter how much knowledge or experience you have, if you're not actually doing the work, doesn't it's not going to get you anywhere. Right? And it's the same with spiritual life and spiritual growth. You have to do the work yourself. Nobody can do it for you. So uh, if somebody wants to go down that path, you know, I, I recommend doing some reading first. Um, and a great introduction to the to mystery school teachings on a very broad level is Manny P. Hall's uh, The Secret Teachings of All Ages. It covers a, a wide spectrum a spectrum of what the mystery schools teach at a, at a very high level. But it's enough to give people an idea of what it's all about. Um, then in, in terms of theosophy, oh, so I haven't talked about theosophy. So the Theosophical Society is another organization. It's been around maybe a couple of hundred years too. Um, they're, they're not as, uh, they don't call themselves an order like the Rosicrucians, um, but they've been teaching the mysteries for, for a long time. Um, it was basically started by a, a person called Blavatsky, uh, Madame Blavatsky, as some people will know, who brought uh, knowledge of, or Eastern spiritual knowledge back to the West and, and put it in, in the kind of form that could be digested by the average Western mind, if you like. And, and the Theosophical Society uh, teaches that, and there's, there's a lot of books and things around that. They, they don't have a syllabus or anything like that, unlike the Rosicrucian order. Um, but for somebody who's interested in, in that aspect of it, it again, has some, some overlap with Rosicrucianism. There's a great book uh, for somebody starting in Theosophy called Cycles of Eternity. It's by a, a man called Tim Wyatt, and it's nice, not too short, not too long, uh, <clears throat> colorfully illustrated. You know, presenting uh, pictures on, on the ideas and, and the concepts, uh, and, and I think it's really good for somebody who's starting off looking into the mysteries. You know, from there there are much deeper things to go. For for a mason must read the works of W.R. Wilmshurst. Uh, I think it's essential reading. So, you know, I mentioned the meaning of masonry and uh, Masonic in- initiation. Um, and then there's other Masonic authors like J.S.M. Ward. Um, there's, there's, uh, there's a few books on uh, the esoteric meaning of the first three degrees as well. Um other Masonic authors that touch on the subject are uh, Albert Mackey, uh, um, Kirk McNulty, and there, there are a few others that come to mind. I mean, that that I know of that are not coming to mind at the moment. My powers of recall are failing me. Um, so, so for Mason, that that's kind of good reading. Uh, but without getting into the teachings of the mystery school, you're not going to be able to get it. Right. I think. 
Well, those are wonderful resources. I, I think you missed a couple, though, because, um, you know, you've written a couple of books <laughs> for, uh, <laughs> for Masons on this topic as well. I mean, there's uh, Mystic Masonry. There is the uh, Esoteric Handbook for the EA, the Esoteric Handbook for the uh, Fellowcraft, and the Hidden Code in Freemasonry, which you referenced, and of course the uh, the simple way to the spirit to a spiritual path as well. So uh, certainly some wonderful uh, resources for uh, for Masons as well. Absolutely. I have one one sort of maybe final question for you, very worshipful sir, and in uh, your research and and your work that you've done. How, how has uh, esoteric learning changed you? Well, it tends to make you a spiritual person <laughs> uh, or a more spiritual person, depending on where you are on the spectrum. Right? Um, and it certainly does. Um, it, it can actually make your life difficult. And, and the reason is that as you become more and more spiritually conscious and, and you become aware of all these other things, it becomes more difficult to relate to ordinary people. Uh. And, and that can be a, a bad thing or a sad thing in, in some ways. The irony. <laughs> yeah. The irony. Yeah. So it's something to think about. It's, it's, it's a spiritual path is a hard one, and uh, but the the thing, the whole point of the spiritual path is is to prepare yourself for the next world, actually. And and you have to learn what it is you require to get to the next world. Uh, and so it's it's kind of a selfish thing. Um, Spirituality is, is, is different things, though. Um, one of the ways you become more um, spiritually conscious, or, or one of the ways you can become more spiritual, spiritually conscious, is service to others. No. Um, and selfless service, you know. We, we, we talk about the charity lecture in Masonry. Uh, what most people don't realize is that that charity we're talking about, it's not about money or donations. It, it's about giving of oneself. Mm -hmm. It's about charitable love towards everything. And, uh, and, and, and that's one of the things we have to learn as we go along. That's well said. I think uh, <clears throat> now that we're back to our labors <clears throat> here in our neck of the woods in Ontario, at least, uh, maybe we should uh, make some arrangements and have you come do some of these things out in York uh, District. I mean, I can't speak for all the guys in district here, but uh, I know I can speak for myself and, and the, the fellas here at this table. Uh, I would totally love an actual uh, education night on esoteric studies, especially in the EA side of things and the mm -hmm. you know, fellow craft and the master mason. I mean, you were talking about that a moment ago and we talk about more education, but like these would really allow us to dive in a little deeper and maybe get that little bit of missing piece that uh, we still yearn. Uh, so that's that's fantastic. And again, we're happy to have you here tonight. And on that note, I'm going to uh, just uh, do a quick uh, sponsor shout out to one of our lapel sponsors, actually the last one that we're going to be naming and we're gone through all of them. Uh, so we appreciate all the support and, uh, and love we have from all our listeners out there in the world. Uh, this one is a... Uh, 
Support from Brother Bob White out in Anaheim, California. He didn't list his lodge, uh, but uh, we appreciate uh, you and all the other fellas and uh, folks that have uh, bought these lapel pins to help us keep this show going for you guys. It uh, really, um, you know, it's been an enjoyable venture, and uh, we're back. Glad, glad to be back and glad to be getting guests back again. Uh, very worshipful brother, thank you for joining us again tonight. And to all our friends out there, travel safe. My pleasure, and uh, the same to you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The First Three Knocks. Happy to meet, sorry to part, happy to meet again.